Welcome back. You're listening to This Week with Justin McCarthy. The death has taken place of the businessman and entrepreneur Ben Dunn. He died in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. The former director of Dunn Stores led a colourful life. He survived a kidnapping, was arrested for cocaine possession and soliciting and was involved in scandals over payments to politicians, including the former Taoiseach Charles Hockey. He went on to found a successful chain of gyms in Ireland and Liverpool, and was one of the country's best-known business people. At Dunn Stores in Cornell's Court in Dublin this morning, people gave their views of the businessman. Very sad, a young man too, 74 I think. Yeah. Yeah, very sad to hear it really. Well, he sold, all of his sold his stuff cheap, you know. And uh, I have to say that I know families and they wouldn't have got over Christmas only for, they were able to go to Dunn Stores. Yeah, he's a great businessman, for sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but sure. You know, he was a good man. I would hear an adventurous life. Best way of putting it. And a great businessman, I would say. I would say very good. In what sense? I knew all about his business and uh, everything you could know about it. Like us all, we're, we're flawed. <laughs> hey, well, it's uh, the, the poor, he's had a, a checkered life, hasn't he? I mean, his, uh, his eldest sister did a great job of rescuing the business, of building the business. You know, and but uh, I mean, he's done. He, I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. One of the good things he's done is given us all our children low-cost gym access. That's a positive thing. But I wouldn't have said many positive things about him in his in his business life. Just heard this morning. He'll probably be missed when you think about the employment he gave. Those were some people at Cornell's Court in uh, Dublin at the Dunn stores there talking about Ben Dunn. In an interview with RTE's Miriam O'Callaghan in 2014, Ben Dunn spoke about payments he made to the former Taoiseach Charles Hockey and he was asked if he had any regrets about what emerged at the tribunals which examined those payments. Why could I have regrets? Like, I have no regrets about... The only thing I would have regrets about if something came out that wasn't true. But I have no regrets about things that come out that are true. And um, what came out about how he was through, I gave him money. Um, and you've got to get on with life and live your life and do the best you can. You can't undo the past. And that's why I say I would change nothing because I've done it. And number two, there's no point in saying, would you change something? Because you can't. It is just impossible to change anything in the past. So you've got to just get on, live with it, learn from it, laugh at it. I think that's very important to laugh at it. And get on with your life. I suppose it was the moment, though, for him where there was no going back for Charlie Hoy because it was out there. There was hard evidence he had taken money from businessmen. But he wasn't the only person in this world that took, that took money from business people. So I'm sure that must have crossed his mind as well. But I can't read Charlie Hoy's mind. But since the, the Charlie Hoy situation, so we've seen more and more of that sort of thing going on now more than ever. How did you react to the finding that you were a corrupt businessman by the tribunals? I was angry. Uh, a lot of people said at long last they've seen through you. A lot of people said he's not corrupt. But it's really what I know. And I know I'm not corrupt. That was Ben Dunn speaking to Miriam O'Callaghan in 2014. We're joined now in the studio by journalist Sam Smith, who wrote a book about Ben Dunn called Thanks a Million, Big Fella. Uh, Sam, welcome to the programme. Thanks for joining us. Um, he was probably the, the best known businessman in, in, in Ireland, I'd say, in his, in his heyday. How would you sum up Ben Dunn? Well, I remember I went to Florida to cover 
the scandal of him in the hotel down there. And I met the district attorney who was prosecuting him. And he asked me, he says, now, he says, this man, there's a big fuss about it. Who is he? And I explained him to that American as I said, well, to put it in your terms, he would be like the Trumps. The Duns are the most wealthy con uh, family in the country. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if that's Trump's, but and he would have been a colourful figure like Donald Trump. Now I immediately say he didn't have most of what apparently are bad habits of uh, uh, Donald Trump, but he had some bad habits, I suppose. Uh, he was um, he 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 was a very interesting man in Sapan. Insofar as he could have been portrayed as a villain, and many of the stories I wrote about him were putting him in a position where he was giving money to politicians who were entrusted by the people to run the state, and clearly they were, you know, they were mm. in debt to him. So there was all of that. But all of that changed, and I think the perception of him changed when he did that uh, no holds barred. Uh, interview yeah. where he gave up everything there, apologised for everything to his family, to his workers, to every. The and, and that was in that, that was in 1992. After, I mean, his his career, his leadership of Dunn Stores came crashing down around him, triggered by that huge scandal in Florida, where he was arrested for cocaine possession and for soliciting while on that golfing holiday in in Florida. You went out there to Florida in the aftermath of that. Uh, yeah, the story broke on a Sunday. I was in Florida on the Monday night and I, I ended up in the Grand Cypress Hotel just after midnight, this very expensive hotel, and found out immediately that Ben had a suite on the 17th floor, which was costing, I think it was 1200 a night plus 10% or something. But when I entered the hotel, the other guests in the suites on the 17th floor were you too. Mm. And they had witnessed a lot of what was going on. So I arrived. Uh, before I went to bed that night, I had my notebook filled and uh, quotes from probably the most famous band in the country at the time and so forth. So I was well got there. But it was quite astonishing. Like the district attorney out there was asking me about this man. He mm. said, you know, the quality of the cocaine that was found in his room was of the highest possible quality. He said, uh, "These, what sort of a man is this? He, he, he says he had women there who were clearly from an escort agency and so on. And uh, he says, I find him very hard to understand. He was very paranoid. And uh, I also found that, you know, part of my job was to speak to the women who were in his mm -hmm. room. And there was a second woman there that he had called Sherry Rudolowski was her name. And I remember meeting her and she says, oh, yes, he was on the telephone with her. And they said he was extremely paranoid. He, they had given statements to the police saying that he had something like 50 lines of cocaine, which I'm told is a lot of cocaine, especially cocaine of the highest. It was enough to fell a donkey, as somebody said there. And he was taken away from the 17th floor strung up on a pole, like somebody says, like a pig being taken to a barbecue. You know, that was what it was like. And it was a fairly horrifying uh, occasion. He was fined. 
he was eventually allowed back into America. So there wasn't that much there, but it was really... Yes. Uh, it was quite a serious charge. Uh, uh, yes, and, and and he spoke, and as you say, he was open about all of that. But tracking back back in the 1980s, because of the wealth that you spoke of there, and because he was such a, a wealthy man and so recognisable, that made him a target of a, a, an IRA kidnapping. That's right. It was really quite shocking, because uh, I, I remember at the time that it was in the summer, and at that time there had been so much bad blood, particularly between the, the, the security forces here and the Gardaí economy in particular and the provisional IRA that they did not want any money paid. And I knew because I was working on it at the time for a newspaper and there were four separate attempts to give ransom payments and the Gardaí intercepted them mm. and stopped them. But on what I understand, or what we were told was the fifth attempt, it was the day of a football match when Spurs were playing Dundalk and there was bumper-to-bumper trucker all the way up and it is suspected that money was paid yes. at that half a million pounds and he was released to Eamon Malley, who's a journalist uh, in the north, a friend of mine actually, and he was tipped off and found Ben Dunn in a graveyard. And... I'm quite sure that had a profound effect on Ben Dunn. It was really shocking what he went through. He he was hooded for six days and I don't think he was particularly kindly treated. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, uh, then, then Sam, in the, in the mid-1990s, um, uh, another scandal emerged um, that he'd given large amounts of money to several Irish politicians, including the Taoiseach Charles Hockey. And that was something that trailed him for a very long time then. Oh, uh, it really was. I mean, Charles Hockey uh, was swaggered into office. He was uh, really the man playing himself. And um, uh, it was quite astonishing. Like, it ended up, Ben Dunn had given him, I think, £1.3 million at the time. Uh, Apparently, when they met, uh, now, I have met both men and they're not two people who you could imagine sitting easily in a pub sharing a pint together with very different personalities but uh, apparently uh, money was never discussed when they met I don't know what they would speak about probably business and so on but uh, Ben done gave them the money and we heard in that clip there he had absolutely no regrets about that and he found he didn't, you know, he didn't believe he did anything wrong. Mm. Well, I don't think anybody could believe that the richest family in in the country should be paying off well, the, 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 you know? One of the richest men in the country. I don't think anyone in, in his family knew he, he was making those payments at the time of course. Oh, oh no, no, I don't think yes. his family knew. But they were the richest family. They had the biggest yes. company uh, around and so on. So it was quite something. No, I, I don't think they knew. But I'm saying that Ben was saying later he had je ne regret rien. Yeah. He had no regrets at all about that. I, I personally think. And don't forget, it was not just the one side. He was was also paying off the debts of the Fine Gael party and he developed that friendship with uh, Michael Laurie who was the fundraiser for Fine Gael 
and who later became the Minister yes. for Communications. And, uh, a, an, an interesting life uh, and a very colourful life. Um, and Sam Smith, journalist, thank you very much indeed for coming in to, to talk to us about it today.